to Simple Discipleship Unfiltered. Unfiltered. Where no topic is off limits. Welcome, everyone, to Simple Discipleship Unfiltered. I'm Diana. I'm Kendall. I'm Ashton. And we have a special guest with us today. I'm Jen. Hi, Jen. Thank you so much for being with us. Topic for today we're going to talk about is education. Now, Jen has tremendous background and wisdom dealing with the public school system and the private school system. And we're going to ask her to share some of her thoughts and feelings on the differences between the two in regards to um, when you're allowed to use your faith in your teaching methods or whether you can no longer use your faith or express your faith to the kids and see how that uh, changes how she can teach now. So, Jen, won't you just share with us your background, if you want, um, uh, and give us your expertise in this. Okay, um, I'm going on my 26th year of teaching, um, 21 years in a private Christian school, and I'm now in a Title I public school, and it's like night and day. It's completely different. Um, Where the private school, you were able to bring your faith into every aspect of your teaching. It didn't matter what subject it was, science, social studies. We also had religion. That was one of our subjects that I was taught. And you could just bring it in, the kids. If there was conflict between the two, like kids having problems with their peers, you could just say, okay, well, what would Jesus do? What would he want you to do? You know, you could always have those conversations. Whereas in public school... The behaviors are just, well, it was eye-opening for me because the behaviors were just, I mean, the cussing, first of all. I mean, I teach littles, so first grade, and so the, the mouths on some of these kids are just what below <laughs> my mind. Oh my. I, I mean, if you cussed in a private school, it was like you were either suspended or you were put in detention. I mean, there was some serious consequences, whereas in public school, your hands are tied, and then they just, they just say and do whatever, as far as the behaviors, what they want, and then just they think that there's no consequence or it's okay. So being able to um, share your faith and in the private school was just so nice, whereas in the public school, you just have to kind of bite your tongue, and you can't say it. And it, it, to me, that's the hardest part for me because it that's such a big part of my life. The whole reason why I went into teaching was because I wanted to be able to be a teacher, but I also wanted to share my faith. And then when I found out I could teach at this school, at the, I was so excited. So I was able to do that for 21 years. And my daughter went to school with me. Um, she graduated from the school and then went on to high school. And when she left the private school, we reluctantly put her in a public high school. And that was eye-opening for her, too, because she just thought that everybody went to church. She was, like, in such a bubble from mm-hmm. kindergarten through eighth grade. So when she went into um, high school, she said, my friends don't go to church. They don't even know what that is. And, and so that was that was weird. That was mm. weird for me, yeah. Yeah, because it, public school is a lot different. I went to public school in Dallas, um, and it was a big public school. And so there were a lot of things, even though I am the older of the group. Um, back then, when I was much younger in elementary school, we always did the Pledge of Allegiance, and we always had a moment of silence uh, prayer. I even had one teacher that she would just lay hands on us, you know, all the time. Um, but then when we got into, like, high school, things began to change. I think that it, that it began to evolve into um, something dogmatic where you didn't talk about your faith. Um, and you were expected to not say the name of Jesus 
Uh, and then they begin to look at your T-shirts. And if it wasn't like, you know, rock and roll shirt or something, you weren't allowed to wear it, you know, especially if it had Jesus or something about Jesus on it. Did you guys, because I know that you both went to public school, uh, did you ever face anything like that? Um, so growing up, we were allowed to say the Pledge of Allegiance. Um, in middle school, it was, like, super cool and popular if you went to the, what was it called, FCA? Mm-hmm. Um, or if we athletes. went, Crandall has, like, two churches that everyone went to, both Baptist. Um, and so you were, like, super cool if you went there, and everyone was on fire for the Lord, right? But I feel like it was more social fire versus mm. fire fire. And then when I got into high school, I was not the best child, um, and yeah. so, right, <laughs> um, they still had meet at the pole, and, and we would go to those things, but I would say about my sophomore years, when I um, really started getting into round pen, we had been going for a few years at that point, but I just never really got into it, and then um, uh, I got a fire for the Lord, I got baptized, and then it was really like, oh, well, you're more of the party girl, know we don't really want to hear about Jesus and I would bring a few friends but then we would go back and you know and so I really kind of lost that fire and it people just kind of were like oh you're the Jesus whatever you're going to talk about Jesus you post about Jesus and so um at that point we didn't talk about Jesus in the school and uh nobody prayed and you know it wasn't growing up we were taught you pray if someone was hurt at a game or something and no one did that you may take a knee but no one was doing anything with that knee they were watching whoever was hurt versus praying and so um yeah you kind of just get to a point where especially a small school everyone knows what you've done and haven't done and so you kind of like picked on if you're the jesus (laughs) person right what about you Kendall? i guess i kind of have a little bit different of an experience just in public school um I feel like probably has a lot to do with your, your, you know, peers as well. Um, my class that they actually like went to, um, Kaufman Christian for, I think up until fourth, fifth, sixth grade, you know, so they kind of all grew up together. They grew up in the private school. Um, and then, um, they ventured over to the public school. So that, that was a close knit group. And then I came, I moved into Kaufman and that was kind of the, you know, that was my class. That was, you know, my people. And so Jesus was talked about all the time, you know, what they did at church camp, what they did, uh, you know, at, uh, the different, the different groups that like, you know, the Baptist churches host and stuff throughout summer and throughout the school year. And, and then to even the teacher side of it, we had lots of people who were in the church, whether it, you know, was first Baptist or, or sea life or different churches around the areas that, you know, they were youth group leaders or children's search. And so it wasn't, nothing was ever like held back that you couldn't really say. I think, I think everybody kind of knew there was a degree of like how far you go to talk about your church service or what happened and, and those sorts of things. But not, nobody was ever like looked at weirdly or down upon for saying anything. So um, we always had the Pledge of Allegiance and, and moment of silence. So I just praying, you know, before sports, during sports, like that. That just was kind of normal at my school, so maybe a little mm-hmm. bit different. But All right, we're going to delve a little deeper when we get back. Let's have a commercial. Hey, y'all. If you've been blessed by SDU and you feel led to give to this ministry, here are some ways you can do that. You can text GIVE to 
1-800-242-1168. You can also go to our website at m3mi.org to the tab Sow a Seed. You can also send a check or money order by mail to P.O. Box 1318, Forney, Texas, 75126. And all gifts are tax deductible. Thank you for your seed. Hey, so welcome back, everybody. We are, are talking about the education system, the, the public uh, spectrum, as opposed to the private. And so Jen is with us today. She's got all the wisdom and understanding of that. And so, Jen, what are, what are some of the other things that you see are different from a private school and a public school? The big thing that just comes right to my mind is family involvement. Mm-hmm. Huge. Um, in a private school, you know, there, I, I feel like there's, I mean, I'm not saying that in public there's not parents that are not invested, because I went to a public school my entire life, so, um, but I see with the private parents, because they have to pay that tuition, they're more involved, they need, they want the homework, they, they want the curriculum to be, uh, the rigors of the curriculum to be very, very high, whereas when I'm at a the part of the public school, which is Title I, which is different, is a whole different demographic, um, which plays a huge part in educating um, at that school. There's a lot of, I mean, homework is just, no. I mean, I would have, out of 17 kids, maybe four or five would turn in their homework. The rest mm-hmm. never. I mean, I had one child that told me that, that their dad just puts the homework in their fire pit outside. What? <laughs> All right. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that was that's hard. Um, just that, but the parent involvement, being around um, the summer. I know that in the private school, of course, it was in a in a very affluent area. Summer was cruises, Disney cruises, going to the Bahamas, doing all that. Because I lived in Florida, that's where we all went. All the kids went went to the beach, did all that. Whereas where I'm at now, um, the kids are just, you know, being watched by older siblings, and that's their summer. And so there's, like, not a lot of supervision going on at the home, during, especially mm-hmm. during the summer. And I worry about my kids. There's been a couple of kids that Diana knows that I had, have been on my mind, have they not, mm-hmm. like, all, like, the whole summer. Because I worry about, are they being fed? Are they being taken care of? Are they going to be okay? Um, so that's a huge thing is just that. And then I did have some very wonderful parents that were very involved and um, wanted that homework and wanted that rigor and all that. So that, but it's not like in a private school where it's probably the entire, the majority of the class where that was the expectation. So in your private school setting, like say if there was an emergency or if there was anything that was going on, how would you react in that setting as opposed to in a public school? Like I said before, we... um, you know, prayer is always a big part of that of the school. So, if there was an ambulance that went by, or somebody got sick, or if a teacher, if there was an emergency with a teacher or anything, you immediately just stopped and prayed. That was just exactly what you did. That was just second nature to everybody. It was just, I mean, and then we prayed six times a day. I mean, we had our morning prayer, we had the prayer before lunch, the prayer after lunch, and the afternoon prayer. And so, it's just a huge part of it's just what you did. And it was just, it, I don't know, it just was comforting for me and for the kids. And in, private, and in public school, you don't you don't do any of that. I did. I would take a moment and just like privately pray. Um, we do do the pledge of allegiance at the school, which I make a huge fuss over. I'm like, nope. We stand for that pledge. We put our hand on our heart. We look at that flag, and we because we learned all about how we became a country this year, and so it's been awesome. And I said, you know what? 
there's so much work that happened to get our flag and to be a nation, one nation under God. I said, we, we're going to stand for that pledge. Mm. And so we do. And, um, but yeah, there's, that's the difference. I think one of the things you shared with me, um, we were talking probably a couple months ago and you were sharing about y'all, you were actually doing a class on religion. So explain to me, these are first graders. So explain to the audience, uh, what you, what you taught during that time. Part of the curriculum was learning about, um, the three different religions. We also learned about, of course, the Egyptians and Mesopotamian and monotheistic and many gods and like, you know, uh, with the, the Finx, uh, with Egyptians and how they would, okay, there was the moon god and there was the sun god and there was the crop god, you know, all that. And they had to learn all that. Um, and then we talked about Islam and we talked about all the different religions and then we got to Christianity. And I did have one student who was just saying that it was all make-believe, that that was all fake. That there, that what happened, the, what Christians believe, and that Jesus died for us, and all that, and that He um, rose again, and all that. She said that's not true. That's not true. And she kept arguing, and it was a first grader, and she was so convinced that this was just all fake. But then when Easter rolled around, and we were getting ready to talk about, you know, just you know, going on spring break and all that, she had a her Easter shirt on, and Easter to her was the Easter Bunny. So all that, that whole aspect, we had to, it was hard. We had an Easter egg hunt, and we weren't allowed at the Christian school to have an Easter egg hunt until right before Easter. Well, spring break would fall before that, so you weren't having an Easter egg hunt before the actual Easter because that was the whole point was Jesus and what he did for us. And um, the kids, that's all they cared about was Easter eggs and how many eggs they were going to get. Mm. That was the point. Yeah. Yeah. That's dramatic. It I mean, is. that's such a dramatic difference. And so the question would be, what do we need to do? What do you feel like would help the school system to incorporate the kids into all of it? I mean, what do we need to do for our kids now? Anybody? <laughs> Nobody? Well... This is just going to be kind of my two cents in having been raised in public school, but then now my son is, he's on that weird edge of he can't really go into kindergarten yet in public school anyways. And so instead of daycare, we decided to put him into a private school that has pre-K and and that as an option. And and I would kind of second the the fact that parents are more involved when you're paying the money. You know, it's like, yeah, because I need to know what my money's going to. Otherwise, you know, I could just put him back in daycare and he could just play. Or but, when public school rolls around, it, I'm not paying for it. So, um, but I don't know. I, I, I think that's, it's a hard line to know where you can cross and where you can't, you know, because I'm so used to, to, to talking to his teachers and talking to him about, you know, he learned this about Jesus and his teachers, you know, told me the things that they learned about and, and, so to think that one day he could be in a public school and not have that, I don't know. Like, my mind can't even really comprehend that right now, you know? Yeah. And I don't know what what you could implement because there is such a harsh line of this is private school where it's allowed, this is public school where it's not. Well, you know, one thing I'm thinking about just with my school, the the public school, it is Title One, so they get a lot of money and a lot of grants and a mm-hmm. lot of services 
And there's a, I mean, the teachers, I found that, I mean, that I've enjoyed my time there, surprisingly, even though some of the things that I've seen have been shocking. Um, I just feel like the, the teachers there really, really care and are doing, I mean, working their booties off just to make sure that, that we educate these kids and, and bridge that learning gap that COVID made so huge. And they're, they're, they're working really, really hard. And it's a great, great school at I don't know. I just, I, I wish that we could bring in more faith-filled things into the classroom. I just don't think that, I don't know if that'll ever happen. I wonder, because, I mean, we're, we're seeing it now. So many things that are to the cultural norm or that are becoming the cultural norm. And, I mean, you can go really deep into detail of the things that are being allowed in public schools of the, the cat identifying as, as, yes. as kittens, cats, whatever, and... And the things that are, so my, that's just what's shocking to me is how are we so quick to have to allow those types of things? But the second that we want to implement something as small as prayer, you know, that, that, that may seem a moment of silence, that's one minute. We're so quick to, to take it out, but then we allow some dramatic life altering to little children. I mean, I've heard it as young as kindergarten. So I, that's just what baffles me is how quickly something like that can change, but then Jesus has to just be removed altogether. No. <laughs> well, I think that, that let's just see where society has gone. Yeah. I mean, well, where, where society has gone, the church has failed, yeah. right? Because if we're not teaching our kids at home, mm-hmm. but we can't teach our kids what we don't know because we're too busy to get to the church, we're too busy to study for ourselves. We're too busy doing our own agenda that our kids, they don't even learn about Jesus right. at all. So even if it was brought up in school, would they even know who it is? Yeah. Right. yeah. That's the point. So you've seen it. Do you see first graders have a debate of, oh, my gosh, yes, Jesus is real. And, you know, that side. And then the other side, no, he's not. Yes, he, uh, that was unbelievable <laughs> to me. I think I called you and told you, oh, my goodness. Yeah. I can't believe this just happened. Yeah. Well, it's like they're attacking their childlike faith because Mm -hmm. someone has to tell these first graders that Jesus isn't real. Mm -hmm. You know, in the Bible, it says to be like them, to think like them, to see like them. I I believe that the Lord can encounter a child before he encounters me because their mind is just there. You know, their mind is open to anything to them. So to know that these children are being told more than likely Jesus isn't real because at six, you know, I did grow up in church, but I couldn't just confidently say, Jesus is real. How do you believe in Santa and the Easter Bunny? Yeah. I believe in Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or the Tooth Fairy. But that's where we're at. That's where we're at today is that in this conversation, I thank you, Jen, for coming and just sharing mm-hmm. your heart about it, um, is that the church is going to have to come outside of the walls yep. to reach the parents, to reach the kids. And not with a watered-down gospel. Not no. Always add that in. Always. So we're going to end today. We thank you for joining us, and um, and we just want to leave you with this. Show some love. Show some compassion. Give mercy. And, and go, go be, be Jesus, Jesus today. today. Hey, SDU family. Thank you for joining us today. We do value your feedback. So if you have any questions or suggestions of topics, please feel free to reach out to our email at info at m3mi.org or reach out to us via text or call to our SDU hotline. The number is 214-600-7771.